He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Welcome back, folks, to episode 33 of Know Your Cinema Podcast. My name is Devlin Clemens, and as always with me is Vivin Matthew. Hey, hey. And the one and only Jason Quinn. Hello, hello. Gentlemen, we watched Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King this week. How did we, you know, enjoy our three hours of watching this movie? Pure bliss every second of it. Okay. It sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't. (laughs) I loved it. Jason? Uh, It's definitely a lot less, like, there's not really any parts in the movie that I feel like drug on or were boring, like the, like, um, Two Towers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's definitely an improvement from that. Mm-hmm. The battle scenes are phenomenal. Just an overall great experience. Okay. Well, before we dive into the movie real deep, let me go ahead and give our standard plug every week for our social media. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, Know Your Cinema Podcast on Facebook. Please go on there. Give us a like. Send us a message. Comment. Um, try to connect with one of us. We will be glad to reach out to you. Um, and give you a shout out here on the podcast. We also have a Twitter at KYC Podcast, an Instagram at KYC Podcast, and a TikTok at KYC Podcast as well. Um, and we also have a back catalog of episodes from zero to including this one, 33. So we're probably over 50 movies now. So if you guys are into the different yeah. types of movies, um, that are out there, anything from comedy to horror, um, to you know, fantasy movies like Lord of the Rings, uh, we have those on there. So, and there's a lot of good content, a lot of funny stuff, a lot of uh, back and forth, a lot of uh, fights. Uh, Vivin telling people to go fuck themselves, finally. Whoa, hey, and to go shit themselves, too. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, let's be accurate. So, uh, just as a quick, like, little head header there. Um, as he did mention, we you know do like to keep up with you on social media, but please don't send any more dick pics to the social media. Uh, my kids were watching my phone when I opened that, so if you could please not send any more dick pics to the social media. Is I'm that not sure shoot? Being serious? Are you being serious? I'm down. <laughs> Just fucking. <laughs> like what? What happened? <laughs> I didn't know if you were being serious because I was going to make a joke be like, hey, look, what I send you in private is... is <laughs> Why are you open that in front of your kids? No. <laughs> oh, thank God you're joking because I'm like, dang, Jason's getting unsolicited dick pics. Uh, <laughs> first off, what did you post <laughs> that solicited that response? We, we, we posted a picture of you and that got a bunch of unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Well, sorry for your kids. Yeah, all those, all those unsolicited dick pics were drinking a latte. Um, they were there, you fucking fuck. <laughs> Lattes. They they Call were wearing you hipster, like, fuck, you asshole. Yeah, the, all of the all of the hair that was being pulled down was made of burlap. <clears throat> a couple of them were drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, uh, no ales. <laughs> no, there was a micro brew thrown in there too. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was but, real local. Some guy's basement. Like a brew dog. It's, yeah. No, 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 no. Far, far smaller than that. I'm thinking like. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. It used to be this... a Chili's, and now. <laughs> Damn it, you don't understand the definition of local, all right? Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. Brew dog. It looks super rustic now. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I still pandemic. see the outline of the chilies on the outside of the building. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, All right, gentlemen. Uh, we've had our good laugh at the beginning here. Um, let's. Uh, it was my movie, so I'm going to give the floor to you guys to discuss the movie, and then you guys can ask me whatever you want to ask me about the movie. Viv, <clears throat> this right. is your love child. Go ahead. This is my love child. Um, I was um, I almost prayed to the wheel when this came up uh, as a follow up to the two towers. I mean that is insane because we waited over a year after we. It reviewed. hasn't been a year. Well, I mean, okay. in, we're only thirty. Rel- in rel- okay. In. First yeah. of all, this quarantine, this quarantine feels like quarantine. a decade. Quar- okay? So, the quarantine every day is like dog years in quarantine. That's every right. day is like seven. Like so I'm day. actually scaling it down in my yeah. <laughs> in my estimation. Yeah. Uh, it feels like 2034. Yes. So I I, I I feel like the wheel threw us a bone and said, "All right, all right, you guys deserve a break." At least for me. So I loved that I got to see all three movies at once, which I haven't had a chance to do in a while. And it was glorious. I loved every second of it. And um, uh, it was, I was, um, so this chapter has always been my favorite. It has some of the most epic scenes. It has some of the biggest conflicts. It has the biggest battles. The resolution is amazing. And this is one of the um, actual franchises that ends well, especially Coming out right. of 2019 with, uh, yeah, all the other train wrecks with, uh, well, everything from Star Wars to anything else you can think of where the endings kind of blew the whole, you know, the whole that's, lead up. And then it was like, oh, that's psh, that's your big hang up on the last Star Wars. This was the ending of being. All right. All right. No, he's saying that the final movie was an end. The ending was terrible. Yeah. Oh, the final I'm, movie. It could have yeah, ended yeah, the I, series. I, I, miss, I, I misinterpreted what you said because. I, I was about to go on another Star Wars rant, so go ahead. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I. It's uh, apparently it's uh, really a difficult job to find a good ending to an epic series, and this one did the exact opposite. The last part was considerably the best part. It had some of the best moments, 
and it even won 11 Oscars. So, well, well, well um, to be fair with this movie, if you tried to waver off the literature, you're an idiot. So, it's written <laughs> for you. If you try to go away from that, you're stupid. Like, that's just the bottom line. You know, M. Night Shyamalan literally could have shot for shot remade Avatar The Last Airbender, and we still got that piece of shit movie that he made. Yeah, so there. And there's an example. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, um... Uh, somebody was mentioning, um, I saw this uh, on on Twitter, the fact that I mean we we uh, on on the last episode, uh, Jason, you were talking about how some of the special effects were not quite up to par, but somebody was making fun of the fact that the, um, in twenty seventeen they or twenty eighteen whenever it was they made Justice League and they spent like three hundred million dollars on that. And the special effects on that was worse than uh, what they spend on Fellowship of the Ring, which is ninety million dollars. So, e- e- even though yes, they only they made they made the they made the Fellowship of the Ring for ninety million. Yeah, but when you divide them out, because they had to shoot all of them at once, so the yeah, they divide up how, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 insane how little money they spend and how much they got. You know how much they made out of it. Uh, it, the, you know, how much did they make? So they made them each for like ninety million a piece. I don't basically. think it's nine, but I'm sure Fellowship of the Ring was probably the lowest one uh, as far as budget because once they saw how big it was in the box office, I'm sure because they had some reshoots after each of each of the movies came out because they had a year in between, so they probably put some extra budget for the the. I was about to say they, they New Line had to make a, a shit ton of money off the first oh, yeah. movie, so and, they were able and to. And have... of the King shows. It, it it like every penny feels like it's on the screen. They really uh, yeah. I felt like the 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 CGI in this one was really was really on point more so than the other two. Yeah, I felt like they got gradually yeah, better in, in all of them. So yeah, Smeagol looks much better. I mean, he was already good. The perform the performance was really good on Two Towers, but uh, just as far as the full characterization, you really feel like he's there, flesh and blood. Um, the battle scenes with uh, all the 6,000 horses from Rohan and the charge and Minas Tirith, all of that. I mean, the miniature work, the set pieces, the armory, um, just all of the props. I mean, the prop departments need some props. It's so well done. I mean, the amount of effort and work and time that went into that itself is just a beauty and a marvel to just kind of look at. I was thinking... Before Lord of the Rings, I can't think of really many fantasy movies that were successful. Uh, I don't know if you guys can think of anything that comes this right to mind. I feel like this was the first one that really kind of knocked it out of the park. And... Not on this scale. Um, yeah. I think maybe if I think back to, I don't know, success-wise, but like the first big one that I could ever think of was like Willow. Yeah, Willow was Willow was amazing. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Is that like an 80s movie? Uh, it's got Val Kilmer in it. What do you mean you've never seen it? I've never, never seen, seen Willow? Willow. No. It's on Disney Plus, but you can't watch it now. Why? Because you. What do you mean no it's on Disney I, Plus, I, but I can't watch it? Don't watch it now. Yeah, you can't watch it now because you're you're all Lord of the Rings hyped up. Oh, oh. No, well, that that not only that, but. There's no way I'm letting you watch it not for the podcast. Right. It's, it's a, oh, that was one of my okay. favorite movies growing up. Uh, okay. So it, it's super <laughs> dark. That's the thing about Willow. It's super dark. 
would uh would a movie like labyrinth count as a i mean it, it was a box fantasy? office success it made 57 million 1988 so okay yeah but but i, I are we I, talking about willow or labyrinth willow yeah which one are we talking? willow okay willow made that yeah labyrinth would be labyrinth would be another I, one too but i feel like i don't know i feel like labyrinth doesn't like while I I am not saying that it's a bad movie, it still didn't find the success that the Lord of the Rings did, did on any anywhere close to that scale. No, no, of course, no. I'm not I'm not discrediting the the box office success that Lord of the Rings had at all. I'm not no, I'm not doing that. Well, I'm just saying that you... if, if for its time you, there wasn't yeah. a lot of popular fantasy movies. Highlander is another one that might come to to mind. Never ending story, maybe. Um. What about this one weird movie called, uh, I think it's called Lionheart. It had like Dennis Quaid in it. It had a dragon. I don't know if you guys remember Talking Dragon. <laughs> For There's some reason, also, I from the um, 90s. Are you talking about Dragonheart? You fucking oh, Dragonheart. Dragon. Dickhead? <laughs> Dragonheart, that's right. Lionheart is a different movie. There... <laughs> There's also Legend with Tom Cruise. You had a Talking Dragon in it. It was mostly about a dragon. But for some reason, I think it was called Lionheart. <laughs> All right, Care Bears, stay. No, I know I've mentioned it before, but there's a um, legend with Tom Cruise and Tim Curry in it as well. Tom Cruise. Tom I've never Cruise, seen that. Legend. Wait, that's a fantasy. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Is this is this like the origins of Scientology? Um, maybe I don't know. Okay. Um, Labyrinth was a box office failure, by the way. Oh. Okay. Well, it does have a cult following. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's more of a cult classic. I mean, it's very big cult classic now, but. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, before I kind of keep going on and on about it, Jason, why don't you kind of. Uh, what was your experience watching this movie this time? Um. This one's definitely a lot better. I think uh, I think the relationship with uh, Frodo and the Ring is a lot better in this movie than the last one. It feels more real to me this time. I don't know why, but it just it feels um, it feels more believable. I guess like I can I can see him coming under the spell a lot easier. Um, I also like the relationship with Sam and Frodo even better in this movie because um, I think it shows a lot stronger. <clears throat> you felt the stakes were more uh, real in this one, um, or you, you... yeah, it just it just it feel like well, I mean when they're when they're on the because they're in Mordor like a good portion of the movie. I remember when they got to Mordor and they show like how far they are away from the volcano, which is like an hour into the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sounds like, oh, they're almost there. I'm like, yeah, they're not gonna make it there for another no, hour. But, yeah, that said the same thing exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's almost there. I'm like, yeah, well, a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> and then it's like, it's like, like after the ring's destroyed, it's still like 35 minutes of movie. Yeah, but yeah, it's there's still a little bit of it's movie just. Left. I feel like because where because of where they're at, because of how vulnerable they are as characters, and then what he's dealing with, 
it really raises the stakes of what Frodo's going through and Sam and Frodo's relationship as a whole, and then Smeagol and being involved in it all to just the highest of highs. Like it really peaks, but the, the kind of beauty of it is, is it peaks very early on and then it never feels like it goes down. Like it's not like it, like it kind of plateaus, but like at a, at a peak, which is kind of a glorious kind of thing. Like it's just such high tension from like damn near start of the movie till, till the end. And, and I think that's kind of a, it was kind of a, a really cool thing. So when you go back to those characters and you see what they're dealing with, yeah. their, their story becomes like front and center in this one. And it becomes an actual interesting part. And like the part you're, you care about the most in, in some, in some ways. I mean, granted they don't get a whole lot of the cool battle scenes and shit like that, but the tension is there way more than it is in ministerial. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's uh well said there. You, it, it's, it, the movie manages to, first of all, with fellowship and the two towers really set all the pieces that, by the time you get to Return of the King, it's basically just a sustained piece of just high tension. You understand where all the players are at. You understand what the stakes are. And um, each action that a set of characters take, you understand the consequences of it and how it's affecting the other uh, other forces. So like when, um, when Legolas and Gimli and Aragorn, they're like, you know what? Uh, once they finish the Battle of Minas Tirith, they're like, well, the only thing we can do to kind of help the cause now is basically be a distraction for Sauron. So you see how all of the stories are now connecting together and how all of this either will help um, or, you know, undercut what they're trying to do with destroying the ring. So that is kind of a beautiful thing to see when all those pieces are really coming together and the way the the movie has some of the best uh, just visually it's so stunning the scope of it is just so insane seeing a battle with with an army of you know 6000 horses and you know these giant monstrous elephants all just going at each other but at the same time you have the most intimate of moments with these characters um, which is testing their friendship, testing their loyalty. You have uh, you have betrayal. All these kind of core human traits are all playing out. So you're not losing those personal human moments, but at the same time, you're not losing any of the spectacle. It's one of those perfectly mixed movies where you have all the high moments, you have the spectacle, and you have you you, you get everything out of the story. So, um, Devlin. Yes, sir. Having laid that uh, little bit of our kind of experience since uh, we both seen it before, uh, this is your first time seeing it all the way through, I should say. Um, yes. You did mention that you did watch the uh, essentially the ending of the movie before. Yes. Uh, but okay, so now that you're watching it all the way through and you're getting the full scope of the of the uh, of the movie and the series how was the experience so watching it thinking of it as a whole 
I started thinking about like George Lucas. And I started thinking about how okay. George Lucas had to have read Lord of the Rings as a youth or a child or whenever, because there's a lot of concepts that we see in the original Star Wars that we see here in Lord of the Rings, especially in the last movie. So, okay, tell me more. Well, I mean, think about it in like, you know, the terms of uh, at, at the end of Jedi when Luke has to basically, you know, choose the dark side or not and throws Palpatine down the, the stairwell or the, the pit. The and, yeah. And he, the, the, yeah. And he dies. Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing with, Does with he Frodo. No. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Does he die though? No, he doesn't die. Spoiler <laughs> alert. No, no. Cause, in uh... fact, we found that out in the first 10 seconds of the, the, the Star Wars movie. If you go watch, listen to our Star Wars episode, you'll hear us pretty much shit all over that movie. Anyways. Um, so... Hey, uh, just to uh, quickly unnecessarily interrupt, did you know they uh, are hiring J.J. Abrams to do a follow-up on Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Jeff is back! <laughs> Sorrow's back, I'm laughing at you guys. guys. I'm laughing at you guys. Now you gotta, now you gotta deal with that. No, he'll he'll start it. Like it'll be a good beginning, and they'll bring another director to finish it. And it'll be shit. No, I mean, if we get a good director to finish it, you know, we might have a chance. Just get bring it. Give us uh give us the Ragnarok director as the last guy. He sends. He he's Ooh. got his shit. Uh, which is actually the case. So he's actually directing the next one. Okay. I don't know if you were just saying that, or did you actually hear the news? I did not hear the news. I actually just—I really like that guy. Uh, well, <laughs> no, he actually is now directing the next Star Wars okay. and writing. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. Well, oh, um, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dylan. No, you're all right. <laughs> I'm just—I uh, just want to make sure. But they that... are actually doing a Lord of the Rings. Uh, Amazon is apparently Amazon Prime is doing a whole series now. So there's that. I actually didn't know that. Oh, you did? Okay. So apparently that's getting... It's being uh, shot in New Zealand right now. Uh, back to Dublin. <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> I think watching this and, you know, the whole purpose is to throw the ring in and the tower is destroyed. It's kind of like the same thing in, you know, Re- Return when you know, they go back to the Death Star and they have to destroy the Death Star. Or even in the first... You know, uh, episode four when they have to, de- you know, he has to go back to the Death Star to destroy it. You know, it, it's kind uh, of. It, I feel like Lucas took pieces and made them his own, but you can see like the story in bits and pieces kind of relates to the Lord of the Rings. So, but this movie, for me, watching it from beginning to end, mm-hmm. as it is super long, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, I thought that this one was a lot more fluid in the sense that there wasn't a lot of unnecessary pauses to action, and we still got story in there. Um, there's a lot of battle scenes. There's epic battle scenes in this. There's great conclusions to the stories that were were built up to. Um, even the you know the love triangle that's in there. Um, and you know the resolution of um i can't remember her name she was the king's daughter wanting to go into battle um and saving her father's oh, life yeah yeah uh, we we got a lot of resolution even like side stories we got a lot of resolution to it i mean but you know it's all 
in the books as well. So I, I really, I enjoyed this. This is probably the better of the three for me. Yeah. Um, just because it, it was just way more fluid than the rest of them. Um, and I felt like I wasn't bored watching it or I didn't have to like take a break in my mind. Like, and like, I know what's going on. So I felt like it was a lot better that, that way. Um, the only problem that I have, and I don't know if it was like what I, cause I was watching it on a streaming device, but it seemed like every time there was dialogue going on, there was some mm -hmm. epic music in the background where I couldn't hear the dialogue. So that was really my only complaint about the movie. Like they put the music in the wrong spot. That makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I didn't experience that. I mean, I have Blu-ray copies of it, so I don't know if the I do too, was... but I couldn't watch those. Hmm. Oh, okay. Wait, what? It's on me. Wait, does I have them? And I never took oh, them to him because okay. Skyline's pregnant and like about to pop, and I didn't want to leave her and then be like an hour away from her and still have to come back and drive her ass to the hospital. <laughs> Which is understandable, and I can forgive me, him for that. Yeah. Are you telling me you let pregnancy get in the way of a Blu-ray copy getting to Devlin? I did, I did. I actually almost, so today I messaged him, and I was like, hey, do you need that? Because I today I felt terrible about it, but I was like, you know what? What if I just pack literally all of my family in the car and then just go to Devlin? That way, at least if I'm an hour away, she's still in the car, and we can just be ready to go to the hospital if necessary. But uh, okay. he had already seen it, so I was like, "You should have just gotten an eagle. Just find an eagle somewhere." <sighs> I, I, I thought about an eagle. I did think about it, yeah. and then I remembered that uh -huh. that's not a possibility in you know regular Earth. Yeah, it, 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 oh, it's yeah, okay. I forgot it's not it's, Middle Earth. Okay, no, it's okay. okay. Yeah, that that was my only complaint about the movie. If I have one, um, okay. Story, and you know, like I said, I've read the story. Um, and, and to see it come to life again is, is great to see that. Um, and again, this particular, you know, uh, part of the series was like, you know, it's the epic conclusion of what, you know, when you're reading it, you want to read more, you want to read the final conclusion of it and you get what you are hoping for everything in that particular, uh, movie. So again, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the the battle scenes they were really well done they were long they were they were very visually stunning um there was no you know not uh climax to the to the to the battle scenes in every one of them so i thought that was i thought it was really well done oh, good good uh oh by the way the uh daughter's name was uh i think it's called Eowyn. Uh, you're talking about uh, Theoden's daughter, right? Yes. The king of Rohan. Okay. Yep. So yeah. Okay. So that's good. So I, I so with each installment in the series, your appreciation for uh, the Lord of the Rings series has grown. If I'm correct. Correct. I mean, it, it it's not again. It's still not something that I probably will ever go back to. Um. Just because I wasn't like leaving the movie, I'm not like, oh, I'm a huge fan of this, you know, the series. I, I like the books, but I wasn't like overly enjoyed fan of them as a, as a kid. But again, I probably won't revisit this series again. But you understand but, the appeal yeah, fully, and and I think that's that's enough. I think. 
Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I completely get the appeal of the the story. Again, I played D and was into that stuff, so I understand why people would love this this series. The story is great, and even the vis the the visual seeing of the movie is is great. It, it's a very well done movie for you know, I hate, you know, it's almost twenty years old. You know, it's time frame that you know it's 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 epic. Yeah. It's an epic set of movies. So, and to be fair on, on a movie review podcast, you know, I have to be say, Hey, look, if you want to go watch a movie, that's really good, go watch this movie. However, as me as a person who says, well, I'm going to be a fan of this movie. I'm not going to be a fan of this movie as far as like being into it. That makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that, that absolutely makes sense. So just, just from a standpoint of, uh, being able to appreciate a good movie, you can, but not something where you're like on a random Friday night. You're like, all right, let's pop in some Lord Correct. of the Rings. Correct. Yeah. I Correct. get it. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely take that. That still shows uh, a huge appreciation for the series. Uh, I'm actually wanting to start finally reading the books. So I really want to. I'm getting to that point where I want to know a lot more of uh, uh, Middle Earth and all the other histories and all the other ages that came before and after this. So I'm starting to get into the lore of it. So I might be digging myself deeper <laughs> into the whole uh, this fantasy series. And this will probably be my first one that I'm really digging myself into. I am not. I have tried and I cannot do it. It just does not work out for me. I, am, I fall asleep after a few pages of it. I can't get into the overly detailed lore of this books. I absolutely yeah. love the movies and I really have tried to read the book like so many times, but it just, it feels like it drags on too much for me. It's just, so it's I, written, it's written in a way that sounds like you're reading it in that time. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's, that's cool. what's rough about reading the books. Yeah, well, I'll give it an honest try. I'll see how far I get because a couple of years ago I did try and I gave up pretty fast. So I'm hoping I uh, <laughs> I persevere where I failed the last time. the The trick I'm trying to do this time is I'm actually trying to learn as much about this universe before I actually read the books, so that I don't, so that I I'm not getting easily lost in just the old English. Um, I'm like, all right, I still get where the story is going. I still get the plot. I still get the characters. So I can still kind of keep pushing through it because I want to know more about the universe. I uh, think it probably yeah, so. we want, it'd probably be a really good audible. If you oh, can't yeah. get it's it, actually not a... get through it on, you know, reading it yourself, it'd probably make a really yeah. good audible. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the name of the, of the actor who plays, uh, Smeagol. I'm trying to remember his name. He's actually playing uh, Bruce Wayne's butler in the next Batman. Um, as Smeagol? He's playing right Alfred as Smeagol? Anthony something, he, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's he's playing Alfred. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, he, he actually just, uh, you know, a lot of people are now for doing the quarantine, doing uh, things like, for for example, Harry Potter, um, there are all these famous uh, celebrities reading different uh, chapters of uh, of the Harry Potter series. Well, he did the whole Hobbit series. He read that out. Loud, Andy Circus. So. 
Andy Circus. So I'm hoping to. I wonder. So uh, that just reminded me when Jason said uh, it's uh, this might be a good series to listen to an audible version. So Smeagol, uh, aka Andy Circus, he's read all of um, the Hobbit. So if anybody wants to check that out, I know I will be sometime soon. Sounds really. I know uh, Radcliffe did um, at least chapter one of Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, some really cool stuff out there right now, especially uh, shows and movies that you like. There's a lot of reunions happening with mm-hmm. those. Like, I uh, just, um, well, obviously, Community, you you uh, uh, showed me that, and that was absolutely amazing. Uh, Goonies had a great cast reunion. I watched that. So a lot of those, uh, a lot of fun stuff out there right now. People are really kind of trying to not say, I don't want to say take advantage, but kind of putting their creative heads together and saying, you know what, let's let's make something off of this time where we're all stuck together or stuck apart, but let's make something off of it. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Uh, so they just did a Back yeah. of the Future one, too. Oh, yeah. I had to check that out. I saw that pop up, but yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I was disappointed they didn't have Biff on there. Really? Nope. I wonder what's the story behind they that. They had Zemeckis, and they had uh, Leah Thompson, and they had Christopher Lloyd, they had Michael J. Fox. They even had, um, oh, who's the guy that did the soundtrack? Can't remember his name. Uh, Who did the soundtrack? Huey Lewis. They had Huey Lewis on there. Oh, okay, okay. Nice. Did they have the news or just Huey Lewis? Just Huey Lewis. (laughs) But, um, all right, gentlemen. um, Anybody else have anything to discuss about Lord of the Rings before we go into... um, our favorite scenes, quotes, and performances. Uh, man, there's so much I want to say about this movie, but I, I feel like we've we've covered some some ground. I, I I think that's good. Well, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna dive into more as we get to the scenes and the quotes and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, why, why don't we start with our uh, favorite scenes? I think that might be a good segue. Okay. Um, I'll I'll, I'll go first. Um, okay. I really enjoyed the the battle scene with um sam and the spider oh i thought that uh i thought that it was a really really well done fight scene with sam it showed it showed some really good resolve with sam as a character and how how you know loyal and brave that he was to uh, you know continue on and protect his friend um and you know, showed a, a lot of a lot of gumption from him as far as taking on that ridiculously huge spider. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that that scene for not just the battle part, but for what it really was as a whole and what it meant to the very end of the movie. Yeah, uh, nah, that's uh, Sam really comes into his own in this movie. Yes, and, very much uh, so. Uh, some of the things that are. Uh, I was, uh, you're talking about bravery, you're talking about friendship, you know, these things, this is one of those few stories, not, I don't want to say one of those few stories, but especially in our age and time, it's easy to, and you see this all around you, you have all these stories that are, you can tell that there's a certain level of cynicism baked into the stories, because as a people, we're just kind of 
kind of world where we've seen everything. We've seen things fail. We've seen kind of the underside of, you know, you think people are doing with good intentions, then you see the other side of it. So you're always kind of, you have that world weariness. But this story is just so earnest. You know, it doesn't wink at you. It goes, no, I, these um, these characters really believe, Sam really believes in, you know, in, in, in friendship and being loyal. And those things really play out and it, and it doesn't, it doesn't kind of try to shortcut it. It, it really goes for those emotions. It really goes for, uh those uh those kind of um high virtues um i guess is the best way of putting it and it is great to kind of see a movie like that <clears throat> yeah no you're, you're absolutely right it, it really does nail that one um viv what's your favorite team uh the one that struck me this time was uh well it's always been kind of a fascinating moment where you have a three movie with God knows how many hours <laughs> and you, and the whole thing is about this ring getting dropped into Mordor um, by Frodo and he gets all the way to the edge and then he doesn't do it, right? He fails at the end. And that was, this time it really struck me. I was like, wow, that's so fascinating that that, that turn happens there. How uh, how weird, strange, and an incredible choice that was to kind of make that moment happen. And um, and, and I'm I'm not sure what that means, but it kind of really kind of for some reason resonated with me this time, and kind of stayed with me. Fact that he actually failed, and it just Smeagol ends up getting the ring. And it's almost almost accidental that the ring gets destroyed. It doesn't invalidate everything that happened before because he still had to choose to take every step of the way all the way from the Shire to get to Mordor. So it doesn't invalidate the journey itself, but it's still fascinating that when he gets there and then you can see the reaction on um, Sam's face. He's like, this can't be happening right now, you know? After all of this, this is how this ends. And you can see that kind of complete just his whole faith is almost kind of leaving him. He's like, what is happening right now? And at that moment really got me this time. Um, so before I say what my favorite scene is, there's one scene in this movie that struck me as really, I don't know if it was weird or uh, like a fuck up or what, but there's a scene where the, the king of Gondor lights himself on fire and then he runs and jumps off uh -huh. that cliff. Uh -huh. Can we talk about the sheer distance my man travels on fire in order to throw <laughs> himself off that cliff? It's like a yeah. solid <laughs> half mile be before yeah. he gets to the cliff, and he's just steady running. And the the fact that he passes a water like a water fountain and <laughs> and doesn't even think to hurl himself in there. But instead, it's like, nope, I'm going to go the extra quarter mile and jump off the cliff. I don't think on a good day where I'm feeling, uh, you know, extra fit, I could make that <laughs> sprint. I'd be like, nope, go big I'm... or go home, dog. Yeah, he yeah, went halfway through hard. Well, I think, I, honestly, I think that he wanted to die anyways. So I think that it was just a matter of jumping off the highest point of of the cliff of the town. So 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, but also, let's be honest. Peter Jackson really wanted to have that shot where the dude just runs off and jumps off, and he wanted that shot where he goes to pan right into the into the crowd uh, fighting in the in the bottom of the cliff. And it it might have been a little bit of a cheat, but yeah, I um I don't disagree with you, Jason. I'm just saying that was a commitment. Um, <clears throat> and it's I like to be fair that that running off the cliff on fire is almost more impressive than Frodo's entire journey. I'm just saying. <laughs> needs to walking be... to a fire, running running on well, fire. Just saying it needs to be said. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, your point has been <laughs> Somebody needed to say that. Um, but my favorite scene in this movie, and I don't know why it hit me harder this time around than it ever ever has before in the past and it's it's very simple but there's uh, the scene where it's the very end of the movie where uh the hobbits all go to bow to aragon and he says no my my friends you don't you bow to no one and then literally everybody bows to them i feel like it shows the sheer scope of how impressive the journey was for those four. And it just hit me so much harder this time. And I even like, I even got a little choked up. I was like, damn, like, cause they're just kids sized. You know what I mean? Like they're just the size of like seven year olds. So I think it just kind of hit me as like, damn, like it just was really impressive to see like, like just what they had accomplished to get to where they were. I think it hit really hard this time for that reason. Yeah. It, it honestly, from the first movie to now, it's a testament to how people observe them. Like in the beginning, everybody was kind of like scoffed at the fact that we were, or they were going to entrust these hobbits with this ring and these, this journey. And then as we go forward, we see them wanting to fight and be, be very brave about things and get into battle and, and do the things that people think that in the movie didn't think that they could do. And to have that big of a task and burden laid upon Frodo and, and his, you know, other hobbits, that was, I think that's why Aragon being the person in the, the character that he is did that noble deed by not allowing them to bow to him. Well, and I mean, like, if you look at it, like, Pippin and, and and Mary are responsible for destroying um, Sauron's whole fucking tower and his his situation. It may not have been their physical actions that did it, but if it wasn't for those two coaxing the Ents over there for them to see what had happened, then that would have never happened. Like, they would have never destroyed. Sauron's tower and really I mean they didn't technically destroy his tower but they they basically coupled him just right in the tower so he was of no use at that point and then you know and then you got Sam and, and Frodo who finished the whole thing off so really the bulk part of the 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 bigger things that happen in the movie aside from you know the big battles are on the backs of fucking four tiny hobbits you know yeah and that's the 
the genius of uh, of the story itself where you you have the ultimate what you call like the every man right you have this epic story and who are who's the who's the protagonist that we are kind of going through the story with it's literally these half-sized humans who have the least power i mean it's a world populated with orcs and elves and wizards um giant eagles and dragons and wraiths and within in the midst of all of that the genius of talking to to have the center of the story be the small <laughs> child-sized hobbits is just a masterstroke yeah <clears throat> so anyway that was my That's that good. was my favorite uh, scenes this time around okay so let's go ahead and do the favorite quotes next so devon do you want to go first what's your favorite yeah i'll go i'll go movie? first so my i like favorite... a pea coat my i'm a very big fan of pea coats pea coats okay you did say coats, like, a, like a coat made of you did say coats <laughs> yeah i like pea coats too um so my favorite quote Quotes. is at the end and the quote is how do you pick up the threads of an old life how do you go on when in your heart you begin to understand there is no going back there are some things that time cannot mend some hurts that go too deep that we have taken hold or that have taken hold that's a deep one hitting hitting hard on that one yeah that was that was at the end when he was writing Um, the book and he's walking through the hobbit house and i caught on to that and i was like man that's super powerful and in the words that were written there so i completely forgot about that in the book and then i heard it and i was like man it's really 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 powerful so uh that's my favorite quote well i i mean that's i think part of the power of that quote comes from the fact that the shire almost remains the same it doesn't feel the effect of the war and everything is still pristine but all those scars that especially frodo and sam has went through yeah you're right frodo can't really get past that and that's really an interesting thing and that's why there's so much more story left even after the ring is destroyed because he's frodo's story hasn't come to a conclusion yet and well i think also that yeah, quote has yeah, two, it, it has two part time. meanings to it so it's not necessarily it's also it's scars okay. and and stuff like that but when you when they go back to the shire it's not nothing what they've been mm-hmm. through there's nothing going on there's nothing exciting like you can tell when they're in the 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 pub like it's just it's just another yeah. day like they've been through all this stuff and like no they're not they're not heroes or revered like no one's coming up to them and shaking their hands or anything like that and that it's like they don't know what they just went through like the people around them and you know the only real big change is like sam now has he had he doesn't care he goes after the girl like his he, he he's been through some stuff to be like you know what i've been through some really bad stuff like what what's it gonna hurt if i go up there and talk to a woman so i think that yeah. quote has two meanings to it when yes it's it's the scars from what you've been through but do you really do you really miss it did get, do you really miss what you've went through do you want do you crave more of it do you crave more of the adventure 
And I think that's what also, you know, because that happens right before they go off with um, uh, Bilbo to take him on that journey again. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, that's 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 a really neat observation. Uh, that that the ending always gets to me, uh, especially you can kind of see how much uh, Frodo has changed from the journey, and yeah, everything that you just already said. Well, I think uh, I think uh, I think it's the I think the ring. What changed about you, and I don't Jason? think it was the the journey as much as it was the ring. Oh, because Sam is able to able to still essentially quote unquote get back to normal life he's able to marry rosie he's be, ha, able to have a family because since the ring, he did not have to carry the burden of the ring he was able to move on but in the case right, of it's Frodo, almost like the case. something you know something still haunts you it's the same thing with like you see the gradual steps of what the ring does so you see a little bit of what it does to frodo you see a little bit what it did to bilbo and then you see a lot of it what it did to schmeagel you see the stages of what the yeah. ring can do to you, which is why that in, in the beginning uh, yeah. of the movie you see how how Schmeagel changed the metamorphosis that became him because of the ring and what it does to him. Like he could have thrown the ring away, but he he refused to do it, and his, his body and his physiologically he changed into the golem. Yeah. Golem, oh, oh. golem. <laughs> But what a great opening, by the way! Uh, what an unexpected and a beautiful kind of opening that uh, at once kind of reminds you the power of the ring and also gives you a nice little backstory of Smeagol. It's it's a beautiful opening. Uh, it is. It is nice. But Vivin, what is your favorite? Uh, uh, when Sam and Frodo are making their way up Mordor and all of the orcs have been diverted thanks to Aragorn and the whole army and you can see the weight of the ring just literally just every step is just now feeling like an eternity for for Frodo and he just can't go on anymore and you have that just absolutely just tear-jerking moment where Sam goes, well, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you. I'm, you know, whatever it takes for me, I'm going to do it. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, stay loyal. I'm still, you know, I fought a giant-ass spider, killed it. I stayed loyal to your friend even when you didn't believe me and took Golem's side. Even after all of that, Sam still sticks with him and goes, nope, still there, still staying true, still going to make sure that I'm going to do everything in my power. And for me, that's always been a really powerful moment. And for me, that's an ideal how I view a really great friendship. as. So that's a powerful moment for me. And I, I've actually even used that in one of my, uh, when my best friend got married, it was during the uh, speech that I gave. I had reference uh, that, you know, how because I've known my best friend since we were like you know um, twelve or thirteen, so we've kind of gone through so many different types of journeys, so many different types of adventures, and it's crazy because when you have that type of lifelong friendship, you you understand what it is uh, to really kind of be there for each other and kind of whether it's to the 
kind of really dark times or times where you have that real joy but then when you kind of it, it's 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 weird because you 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 don't have to say and yet you realize ha huh, we've been on this crazy journey together we, we you you there's so much that can be said that's unspoken and that's that's amazing to kind of have that gift so for me that moment resonates so much in that i was hoping so the meaningful. story would go that during his wedding you put the ring in his pocket and then you carried him down the aisle and said those words I was hoping that's what that would be. Yeah, yeah, surprise. I was going to go. You didn't there, do that. But, you uh, didn't do that. Thanks. Thanks a lot. It would have been awesome. <laughs> like, I would have been like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Didn't happen. Jason, what's your favorite quote? There are three quotes in this movie that I really like. One's a very tiny one. Uh, it's what uh, the one uh, Eowyn, Eowyn says to the witch king when she says you fool he says you fool no man can kill me and he's she rips off her helmet and says i am no man and then he, she's like i'm about to fuck you up and then she kicks his ass so i really like that quote uh and then my two f- more favorite quotes are uh one is from gimli and it's certainty of death small chance of su- success what are we waiting for Absolutely love that quote. It's super fucking funny and probably about like the only funny movie part in this whole movie. <clears throat> There's that part where he kills and the then, elf, uh I can't I think, remember the name. Yeah, it still counts as one, yeah. Uh still yeah, counts as one. Yeah. Legolas. That is funny. So I actually played I've played all of the video games for all of these this series too and beaten all of them and then i also played all the lego video games and beat all of that too in the scene where you are doing that battle and you you if you do kill one of those things you get an achievement on xbox that says still only counts as Wait, one. what does it say still huh. only counts as one if you kill one of the uh the elephants um but the, I think the, the quote that kind of stuck out to me, and it really shows how the hold on on Frodo uh, is, it says, no, Sam, I can't recall the taste of food, nor the sound of water, nor the touch of grass. I'm naked in the dark with nothing, no veil between me and the ring of fire. I can see him with my waking eyes. I feel like that shit really shows just how much of hold and how much power that ring really has far more than any other scene in the movie does i think that comes like right before what sam says right it's yeah. pretty damn close yeah, that's this this movie is just chock full of amazing quotes obviously it's just all just taken from the book but i'm so glad they found they didn't just you know chop it all up but it's 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 all there it's a perfect series they crush that um favorite performance time viv your favorite performance this is a a rough one to go through um i'm tempted to go with uh tempted to go with Gollum here but i'm going to stick with sam i'm going to stick with um um, Sean Ashton's performance here 
I, I really do feel like he should have at least been nominated for a <laughs> for a uh, supporting actor Oscar. He he really brought it in this movie, and uh, yeah, his performance. Did he not get nominated? Was that? No, he wasn't. Did he yeah, not he get nominated? Yeah, that's shocking to me. Looking amazing in this movie, so I'll go. With no, he would have got a, He would have got a. He would have got a solid nomination on here. Um, I'm gonna actually go with. As much as I love Sam's performance, I thought that Aragon really stuck out in this. This one, to me, there's the the huge, Braveheart esque speech right before the Battle of the Wall. Um, that was really good. I thought that he just had a lot of the, a lot of the focus was on him in this movie, and when he got the sword and went into the you know that that uh, land of the dead and the he dead. had so you know you know I do not fear death uh, you know being you know a badass and I thought that his performance in this one I thought that Viggo Mortensen did a really good job in this this particular movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like tailor made for for this role. There's that moment, a small exchange where the King of the Dead says, um, "The dead don't suffer the living," and Aragon has that cool badass response where he goes, "Well, you will suffer me." I was like, "Oh, so good, so good." It is. It is. That is like the sexiest possible response. <laughs> I'm gonna <clears throat> try that out. <laughs> like. It's just like, like there's a small portion of you that's like, damn, all right, <laughs> all right, Aragon, I see what you're doing over there. Uh, I, Someone get the wild sign. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so um, Jason. Uh, I, I've been battling back and forth on on whether. Or not to give it to Sam or Frodo, and I think since you went Sam, I'm gonna go Frodo on this one. I think, I think I, I like, I, I feel like I felt it so much more in this one than I have in the, in the past films, and I, I just, I don't know, man. It, it was, it really, it really felt like such a struggle, and I feel like that's a really hard thing to portray on screen because you're not, you're, you're, you're struggling with madness and there's no, and, and not tie fighters. And, and I think that <clears throat> it's hard to uh, portray madness. And there's only really other, like, like that, that struggle that he's going through. And there's only other one other instance where I can think of, uh, that style of thing happening, and the other person does a really great job at it as well. Um, but we'll cover that when we get to that movie because it will come up on the podcast. Um, but uh, I just feel like he really crushes that struggle with madness, and it's got to go to him for me. Yeah. So, wow. So you you picked you picked, uh, you picked uh, Frodo. I picked Sam. So does uh, Jason? Does this make? Uh... Me, your Sam? Am I your Sam, Jason? It's your Sam. Well, Jason, I want you to know. I 
I just want you to know, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry I, you. I, 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 no, you can't. You couldn't carry me to save your fucking life. Like, <laughs> fireman's carry Jason, like, two feet. Dude, I don't think that I could give you an, an, an like, I don't, I don't know that there's a sum of money that could ever make that a possibility. Uh, like, unless you gave him the money up front ridiculous. and he could go train with Dwayne Johnson gonna do for, like, a solid Bivin's six gonna months. He's going to be, like, like at that point, like Darth Maul in the Clone Wars series. He's just going to have metal legs. Be skinny upper body and, like, quads that are just busting out. What happened? It's legs day, oh, legs day, day all exist. day, every day. <laughs> friends don't right. let friends skip leg day. <laughs> Vivian has the carry. best friend. That's right. with, with a forklift. <laughs> right. Try. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a certification, surprisingly, on forklifts. Well, it is ratings time, gentlemen. Just so you know. <laughs> Viv? Uh, okay. So, uh, I really thought about this a lot. And, um, Did you? What's that? Did you? <laughs> I, I this is a hard decision. Was this rating tough for you? Uh, yeah, well... Maybe on you guys, we'll see. So I really thought about this, and there's only one fair rating that I can give this movie, and I'm going to have to give this movie and scale only gives I can't do it out of ten. <laughs> Not allowing it. it it's it's it, there's no other fair rating. I no, can't, I can't give it. Scale goes to ten. There's only one movie that I can you can ex, ex, acceptably rate an eleven, and this is not that movie. Look, I'm telling you, this movie is as close to a spiritual experience I've had in the theater. It, it okay? can't get an eleven. It, it's got to get it's an the best 11. movie we've ever we've ever rated on here, and the scale only goes to ten. Jerk off. You it's <clears throat> you don't you don't just it's. It doesn't go up to eleven. Yeah, this isn't this isn't Spinal Tap. I, I'm okay? not taking this lightly, okay? Right, which <laughs> is the only movie that I would accept you rating at eleven. Look, it won eleven Oscars. Okay, <clears throat> it, it, it 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 I can't give it any other rating. It's and so, Vivin's answer is ten. Moving on, Jason. <laughs> we will accept the ten. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a ten. Uh, I don't think that there's a possible way that Peter Jackson or the cast and crew could have ever made a movie better than what they did here. And uh, I'm going to give it a nine. And that's only because of, like I said, the sound when the, when they were, the dialogue was going on that uh, it was, the music was playing and I couldn't really, I had to like go back and, and rewind and listen to the, like turn up my volume to hear what was being said because there's the epic music playing in the background. But okay. that's the only really bad thing I can say about this movie. 
you know, there's a way to make this still perfect. So if we no. accept my 11 and we move that, no, it's not happening. Much like you won't say, go fuck yourself, it's not happening. Audience, yeah, just know what the rating is and, in my uh, heart. That's it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I believe we've uh, done this movie justice. And it is time to move on to uh, segment two, the get to know, know your cinema section. Um, hang with us, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome to segment two of uh, Know Your Cinema podcast. Uh, that was a great conversation on uh, Lord of the Rings. We have brought that series to a conclusion. So now, uh, well, let's uh, trade some questions and get to know our uh, guests uh, or our hosts a little bit more. Uh, Devlin, do you want to go first? Sure. I'll, I, I know you, you guys might need to ponder your questions a little bit more or my question. So I'll go with mine. So um, if you could go back to an era of time and experience movies, what era or time period would you go to? Um, I'll go first on this one. I I would like to the 70s. Okay. So you mean like as a movie go to what era would I be loved? Yeah, by? like if you could go to a movie and then watch a movie in a time and period and experience what it was like in that time period to watch a movie, mm-hmm. what time period would you want to? Yeah. Definitely. Even if you could go back and watch like today's movies, but you could go back into the theater in that time and watch it. Okay, so we're talking more of the theater going experience. Just the experience of the movie. Like <clears throat> we all have gone to movies. I know at least I've gone to movies in, in four different decades. So I can, you know, I can say that it's drastically changed in that time time period or those time periods. So I know as a, as a as someone who enjoys going to the movie theater um from time to time that you know the experience that I I know that I've talked to my parents about and my grandparents about has has really changed. So I'm just kind of curious as to what era would you guys feel like you'd be more comfortable in like if you could go back in time uh, well there's two two of them for me um one is i think 70s um, had some of the greatest and the most uh innovative movies that came out you had everything from the godfather to star wars um uh, you know and you had spielberg coming on the scene with jaws so you you had like that was the first era of the blockbusters. You had people kind of lining up to go. I, I just wanted to be part of that. Like you were really talking about movies. And if you didn't get to see it in theaters, it's not like you could just go catch it on DVD the, the next month. So you really right. wanted to see it in theaters. So I wanted to be part to of be. that. What's that? It was a place to be. It was a place to be. Exactly. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, you know, everything we, we talked about, everything evolves. So like even baseball, going from like the you know just you had to be there to the radio and then right. from the radio going to tv yeah so the same thing with movies movies you had to go to the movie theater to see it and then you had there wasn't like t- there wasn't even tapes in a certain era so you had to like yeah, wait this was, like this was even you could see it over and over and over again yeah so yeah i mean we are spoiled uh, today because but i think there's something almost beautiful about the idea of a movie 
this is going to be out now. And if you miss your chance, you don't know when Star Wars is going to come back into the theaters. So you right. got to catch it, right? Yeah, it was like it was it was a thing that. thing to be at. Like you had to be there. You had to be there to see it. Yeah, it's an and event. It, there is still that feeling with movies nowadays because people line up to see things on opening night. You want to be the first person to see this. Right. But it's not the same as like having to go and watch it and watch it over and over again because you loved it so much in right. a theater like you to physically get up out of your, you know, your lazy boy and go watch it. Well, that's why I like the question so much because it, mm -hmm. it really does make a difference. Yeah. You watch the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Um, Jason. Cool. Do I have to go back in time? Because honestly, I think that we're kind of living in the in the greatest time to experience movies. Period. No, I mean you can you can pick. I mean, what this is an open ended question. You can go whatever. I mean, you can say you wanted to, you want to go back ten years. You can say you want to stay right here and you don't want to go back in time. Whatever you want to do. I think I would stay here. I think I don't think that it gets any better than where we're at right now. Like I think the picture quality is amazing, and then. The fact that there's so much at just the tip of my fingers, like I can go, I can finish recording right now. I can go right upstairs and watch, you know, I could go turn on Ben-Hur or West Side Story or Titanic or, or turn back on, you know, Return of the King. And I can do that from the comfort of my living room and we it'll be in my DVD stunning picture quality. I, not necessarily. I could rent that shit if I wanted to. It'd be a, be a douchey move, but I could. <clears throat> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like I could do that. And I don't think, I don't think that's a pot. That's not a possibility anywhere else really. I mean, maybe a few years ago you would have had like Blu-ray quality, but like mm -hmm. right now, like 4k resolution with the sound quality that we're getting the, the fact that we're getting new movies. Like I know if, uh, it would it would technically be a couple of days ago when this episode comes out, but in a couple of days for us now, the the new Scooby Doo movie comes out, uh, and I'm gonna watch it from the comfort of my own home, and that's fucking cool to me. Like, I don't i i love the I love the movie going experience, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I think that we live in the greatest possible time to experience movies. Because we have, at least when when theaters open back up, because we have so many options, we can go to the movie theater uh, eventually. We can go to a drive-in theater. We can go watch it from our own home. Uh, I, to me, I think that that's 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 like the the peak of movie watching, uh, at least to this point, anyway. <clears throat> Okay. I mean, that's an honest answer. I mean, yeah, I can't fault okay. you for that. That's what you feel. Absolutely. Um, so for me, I think that because of growing up in the family that I did and growing up around like my grandfather, who he wasn't like a big movie buff, but he was like a car guy. I really kind of got into like the old cars and like, I think like the fifties era, maybe the, the late forties, early, you know, fifties era of you know when movies kind of took off you know drive-in movie theaters and and the you know the art deco style i mentioned that i'm a huge fan of like the art deco style of uh architecture so 
I think the fifties for me, even though the movie qualities wouldn't be that good, I think the experience of of going to the movies on you know a Friday night um, would be a lot uh, different than it is now, and I think it would be a little bit more exciting. I always look at kind of like movie going and you know now we don't have to have you know record stores but i always enjoyed going to you know record stores and looking for something that i was wanting to listen to and it's kind of the chase of everything and and getting to physically hold that album in your hands is just some there's something different about you know going to the movies and enjoying a movie from there i can you know i can enjoy it from the comfort of my own home but it's just something different. There's a different feel and vibe about being in a movie theater. And I think for that time frame with how the cars looked and how people dressed and the architecture, I think that for me, that's the era that I would want to go back to and watch it and enjoy a movie in. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm that would be cool. Behind you on that one. Uh, I do also think that, that like, I've, I'm a huge fan of driving theaters and I know we are, here in Columbus are lucky enough to have a drive-in theater where a lot of places in the country and the world do not have that. Um, and so I think that that, that is probably one of my favorite ways to watch movies uh, is, is through the drive-in. So being, seeing that like peak, you know, drive-in experience would be a really cool thing to see, especially with those old ass cars. Oh yeah. Okay, that's my question. Whose questions? Uh, That would be yours, Jason. Okay, so we just watched uh, the conclusion of the Lord of the Rings series, and in it, it includes the friendship between Samwise Gamgee and Frodo Baggins. That is arguably one of the greatest cinematic friendships that exists. What is your personal favorite cinematic friendship? I'll, I'll take this one. It's it's Han and Chewie. It's Han Solo and Chewbacca. I think that that friendship Fair is so unique in the sense that Han had to learn Chewbacca's language. Chewbacca had to learn Han's language. And they we don't we don't know what Chewie's saying, but we can only articulate it through what Han interprets it as. And you know, there's parts in their dynamic where you know Chewie makes a joke and Han will look at him and he'll be like, laugh it up, fuzzball. You know, I, I think that that dynamic of a friendship is so great and different for cinematic history because it's not something that, you know, we know what's going on, but we we also don't know what was really said in the sense of things. But we, we get it. We understand that friendship, and that's so great about that because we can see that bond they have, especially when, you know, in later years we see what happens with Han. Yeah. Devlin, I think you just highlighted for me the, I mean, we already knew what a great, uh, powerful actor Harrison Ford is, but part of why that dynamic works is how Harrison Ford reacts to Chewbacca. And it really kind of brings another layer to that friendship. 
Yeah. I, it just wouldn't be the same without how he's reacting to Chewbacca at every turn. Yeah. And that's the, as soon as Jason said that question, the first thing I thought of was that yes. dynamic of a friendship because it lasts so long. We get to see it for so long. And it just, because we don't have, we don't even have subtitles with Chewie. We, we have to literally interpret that friendship through Han and Chewie's actions and how he acts um, during all the movies. And we fall in love with Chewie. Really, he's one of the characters in Star Wars we really fall in love with. Yeah. Yeah, Chewie's the best part. One of the best parts of Star Wars. <clears throat> Viv? Well, you also you kind of get two of those relationships in in Star Wars. Yeah, right? you get you get um, you get C three PO and R two C three PO and R two D two. Absolutely, except for C three PO is a bitch most of the time. R two is always right, and C three PO is not. You know, that's true. Remember in Skywalker and Rise of Skywalker when he had to delete himself, and the next scene he was back. Oh, <laughs> you mean you mean a moment? Hard, it was a hard thirty-five I'm emotionally vested in that in that scene, and then they shit all over it. Yes, you you remember that other scene where Chewbacca dies and he's back at the next scene? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm emotionally invested in that too. And then sons of bitches, I'm happy and sad, you motherfuckers. Fuck you, I maintain that that one should have been relevant to everybody that was watching the movie and paying attention. No, but nobody should have thought Chewbacca was dead. No, but just look. No, but here's the thing. But I agree. If if they're trying, it was if they're trying to hold on to the fact that he died for a while, at least hold the suspense. Don't literally turn around (laughs) thirty seconds and go, "Oh no, he's not dead." I think that they were. I think. I think the whole purpose of that that situation, every part of the movie where they backpedaled, was them being like, "Don't leave the theaters. We promise. It, it, it's not. It's it's okay. Chewie's still alive. It's okay. See, there be still gonna get his, Here's the strangest his memories. thing. Here's the strangest thing about that movie. Right? Everybody was complaining before the movie came out that J.J. Uh, Abrams is going to redcon everything from the Last Jedi. What we didn't realize is he's going to redcon the very movie he's making. At every <laughs> he not only did he not only did he retcon the Last Jedi, he retconned Star Wars. Period, and then also the entirety of the movie he was making. Yeah, I mean, when you when you every give step away, of the way, away the biggest plot twist in the movie in in the scroll. You know, bad things are gonna go go downhill from there. Oh man, um, I'm saying that I I have uh, so I drink on every podcast uh, beers, and my bottle opener is a Millennium Falcon. Um, so I was holding my Millennium Falcon the whole time we were talking about this, which uh, <laughs> Whoa. is the only good thing. <laughs> That's not this kind of podcast. What are you, what are you doing? You know, speaking of not this kind of podcast, just as a side note to my dedication to Lord of the Rings, I did one time watch uh, the uh, the softcore porn spinoff of Lord of the Rings <laughs> called Lord of the G-Strings. <laughs> With a, me and my friend Pookie watched that one. It is uh, a, super fucking. not a girl, by the way. 
Pookie is not a girl. <clears throat> Pookie is the Pookie is like the scariest teddy bear you've ever seen in your life. Um, Anyways, moving on, Viv. Are we still answering the question? <laughs> Viv, we need uh, your most dynamic friendship it's... in cinematic history, in your opinion, it's other than nice. Sam and Frodo. Oh. Yeah, you can't pick Sam and Frodo. I can't think of one besides that. You got nothing? I can't, I can't no. Nothing's coming to mind right now. All right, we'll come, I mean, we'll come back to you, No Jason. other friendship. Uh, it's, to me, I think the, the my, my favorite friendship is actually a friendship among uh, two different sets of characters. I, I love the friendship of Ron, Harry, and Hermione in Harry Potter. Um, and then the other set is uh, Jay and Silent Bob for pretty much the same reason why uh, Devlin likes uh, Chewie and <clears throat> Han's friendship, except for way fucking funny. And Bob does Bob does lay some knowledge on you every once in a while. He does lay some knowledge on you, and it's so fucking good. And I really, I, I mean, as you know, me and you are both huge suckers for Kevin Smith. And... I I find Jay Muse to be so fucking funny in every every time that those two are together, like their podcasts that they do, the road shows, like the the dynamic of those that friendship is so beautiful because it exists off stage or off, off screen just as much as it does on screen, and so the only difference is, is Kevin Smith well, talks. I think I think Smith <laughs> Smith basically said like. What you see of Jay is just Jason Muse with the volume turned up, and what you see of him is the volume turned down because he didn't really want to have any lines in his movies. So he kind of created a character out of you know thin air. Smith likes to talk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's very like he'll talk and talk and talk, and is a great storyteller. But like you see him on screen as Silent Bob, it's like. You get nothing, and then you get a great like story, like the Amy story. When he tells when he tells the Amy yeah. story, you, you're like, the hell, this guy just laid some like deep shit on us. And sometimes it's even like, well, I think when he talks, it's so fucking like it's so perfect because it'll either be like that hardcore like knowledge yeah. laid on you, or he'll just like be like the fucking no. monkeys. It's the sign car. on the back of the it's car like, says "Critters of Hollywood." Car. You it's dumb like fuck! <laughs> yeah. It's just like when that Chevy shit happens. It's just it's yeah. So I cool. mean, it, no. I mean, I love, I love how he can poke fun of his own characters. How he can poke fun of himself. Um, I I love that th- that that creative writing that he has, and I think that's what draws me to him because it's funny. I mean, like you. If you're a fan of it and you've followed Smith's career, you're a fan of it through and through. So you see that little like when we watch the reboot, we're like, we're laughing at things like anybody like that's you know, again, that's why we didn't bring you because you wouldn't have got 90% of the jokes that were thrown out there. Yeah, it was there's a lot of times where the theaters, the theater had quite a few people in it, but like it's like there's a lot of times where me and Devlin are losing our shit and everybody else is dead silent. Huh. 
Because there's just a lot of if you're not a big Kevin Smith fan, some of the reboot just doesn't lay as hard as it, it right. you know it does. But if you are, it's fan service Absolutely. to the max. It's like a it's like a it's like a a love a love letter to fanboys of Kevin Smith. I got you. I got you. But Viv, did you think of any <clears throat> dynamic yeah, friendships? I actually have two. Uh, I have uh, two series. One is the one Jason already mentioned, which was the Harry Potter series. That has uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I think that trifecta is a really good uh, friendship in fiction. Um, the other one is I like a lot the dynamic uh, in uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Out. Day Off? So, uh, sorry, day out. did I say Day Out? That's Baby's Day Out. I was thinking of <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Come on, Viv. Out. You love that movie. That, with the fucking is, program. Is, is Baby's Day Out the one that you really like? <laughs> Sorry, I'm 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 holding I'm holding one of the babies right now. So I, I think babies are like going to my mind right now. Those Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Isn't that like one of the first movies you saw here in like the US or some shit? No, it was one of the movies that my parents took me to instead of uh Lion King. I don't know why. That's what it was. That's what it was. I knew it had something yeah, to do with hard, it. It was like one of, I knew it had a it was it had a big experience for you. Weirdly, weirdly, that was a John Hughes movie. Yes. Baby so you were you were close. Yeah. Yeah, you're in the you're in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Um stealing the you're stealing the wrong ship, but you're you're there. You're stealing the wrong ship. It's in the wrong continent. But... <laughs> so you like the dynamic between Cameron Ferris and his yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, mainly Cameron Ferris. Yeah. Wow. It's 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 a I love the dynamic between them. They're so dy- diametrically opposite and it's played so well. Cuz I've always cuz watching that movie as an adult I'm like there's a weird relationship with Cameron and and Ferris's girlfriend too. I don't know if you've ever caught on to it watching it as an adult like there's I, a, such a I weird see. dynamic there. Okay. You you found that to be weird? It, it, it's just more of like the, like when they're walking through, like no, when they're walking through, through like downtown, they're holding hands. Like hurt when Ferris is in the parade, like him and her yeah. are holding hands. I'm like, that's kind of weird, because that's kind of a very intimate thing to do with somebody's girlfriend. But I, yeah, but I, I didn't find that. I found that more to be kind of, I guess, sweet in a sense because. I don't think Cameron was doing that out of no. I don't. I, of... I mean, it's not you know. I'm not saying that he was doing it maliciously or anything like that. I just always found right. that particular movement weird in the movie for the like the moment where like Ferris runs off and when they can't find him and like they're just walking by themselves and he's nowhere to be found and he's holding her hand. Yeah, I see. I want to talk about it, but well, I no, because we got we got the movie on the wheel, Jason so we can't talk. We can't talk about to. that either. So yeah, yeah. But I know I get that's a great. That's a great friendship um, because it has, in that very short time span of a movie, since it's a one-off, um, does have that great dynamic to it. So I get it. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely. Talk yeah, about yeah. That. I don't want. I don't want to go too further into details with it. Yeah. Okay, Viv, it is well, your question now, sir. I I don't really have a question for this week, so I don't want to show something. Why do you always have to shit on everything we do? You, it's just like you never want to give us questions. You never want to say go fuck yourself. You're the fucking negative Nancy of this fucking podcast. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
Okay, here's here's my only question. Here, Give us the only question. Ask us our favorite color. Question. Who gives a shit? Here's here's my question. Is there um, what if there's like a piece of art, right? That is just so transcendental. Like it's like it's so good. It like it it passes the boundary of what the expectation of that medium is. Would you give that movie a rating that's about <laughs> what a regular rating system is? Could would you contain it within the rating system? Would you? Would you yes, I would contain it. We 10? we uh, every movie we've ever done for thirty three podcasts has been one zero through ten. You you can't break the rules because you want to. I love Bob Ross, but I'm not going to. If we can rate the Godfather when, uh, when it's only a scale of one to ten, stay within the rules. But you take that. You take that back. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Just saying. Don't you fucking talk about Bob I, no, Ross I, I'm like saying that. All his paintings are a ten. I'm not going to go past the scale for an eleven. Okay. Yes, but are you going to put a Michael? Yeah, you might have went too far. Break, you you want to play nine? We're playing a full nine. You want to break rules? Then fine. You got to break your rule every week. I'll give you the eleven, but you got to break your rule every week to say go fuck yourself at the end of the podcast. Oh, and it's majority rules vote. Jason, would you agree mm-hmm. upon those rules? That we will allow him to give Lord of the Rings, yes. Return of the King, an eleven if he says go fuck every yourself from now every on. episode of the podcast. No, it's a choice. You're not forced to do anything. No, it's a choice. You can leave it at a 10. You can choose. You're making the choice. Leave it at a 10, okay, well, and you don't have to I mean, say it. This is your moment on the cliff of Mordor. Do you cast it in, or do you keep it for yourself? But I feel like uh, casting the ring is not saying, <laughs> go F yourself. Maybe it is, maybe it is. Thanks, Jason. The choice is yours, fat <laughs> hobbit. It was the fat hobbits. Uh, yeah, well, so anyway, uh, I guess I got the answer to my question, not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a great segment, guys. Uh, I think uh, we should uh, move on. Yeah, to... the keyword being was, up until the point where you're like, uh, mm-hmm. We should move on to the Wheel of Fate. The Wheel of ready? Fate. Yes. Yes. We should move on to A segment three, the wheel. wheel of Fate. Mr. Jason, do you have that prepared? I will, as soon as we get back in this next segment, have that wheel prepared for all of your all of your pleasures. Just listening pleasures. All right, folks. We'll see you back for segment three. Nope. It's for every pleasure. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the third and final segment of this evening's mornings, whenever I guess you listen to this podcast. Um, this is our segment, The Wheel of Movie Fate. <clears throat> wheel, wheel, wheel of, of movie, 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 fate, 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 fate. Uh, yes, uh, this is a... Uh, this is how we pick what movies we're going to be watching every week, for those of you who don't know. And the way we do that is we spin a like little little carnival wheel, and uh, then it picks what movie we watch. On this carnival wheel, there are ten spots, 
uh, nine of which are occupied by movies, three that I haven't seen, three that Devlin hasn't seen, and three Vivin hasn't seen. And then the tenth spot is a fan pick spot where you, the fans at home, get to participate in uh, what uh, pick what movie of the nine that we have on the wheel we're going to be watching. Uh, <clears throat> in order to vote in that, you have to follow us on our social medias because that actually, that vote comes out before the episode announcing the vote uh, actually comes out. So um, in order to be a part of that, you have to uh, follow us. Uh, if you have not, if you're currently not following us, our social media platforms are facebook.com slash KYC podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at KYC podcast. So without any further ado, the movies that we have on the podcast are as follows. Movies Vivin has not seen are Mall, Rat, Mall Rats, Frailty, and Ready to Rumble. Movies I have not seen are Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Shawshank Redemption, and Goodfellas. Movies Devlin has not seen are Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Frozen, and this week we are adding David? The Social Network. The Social Network. It's funny. I, so, I just watched a movie with uh, what's-his-name-in-it the other day called Jesse American Eisenberg. Ultra. Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Oh, 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 American Ultra, yeah. Yep, American Alter. It was okay. Is he in there? Yeah, it was okay. I mean, he plays the same characters he plays in Zombieland and I, what I assume is Social Network and his terrible Lex Luthor. Uh, you'll you guess you'll see. Um, so, without any further ado, let's get to the spinning part. All right. Whew. The wheel is blessing us. I tell you, it's blessing us. This week, we're going to take another fantasy epic dive. We're going back to Hogwarts for the Chamber of Secrets. Wow. Super pumped about that. Yeah. Wow, the wheel is on a roll. Get it? It is, and I, I'm actually, since we watched the first one a few months ago, I've been watching all of the movies with my kids, so I'm going to go back and rewatch Chamber of Secrets probably with them as well. Uh, we're actually here at the house getting ready to start movie seven, part one, so, nice. so we're almost done, but go back and watch the Chamber of Secrets. Very excited. Yay, I'm excited for Devlin to see it. I'm super pumped about that. The wheel has been good to us. The wheel has been good. Yeah, the wheel has the been good. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this has been another wonderful episode of the Know Your Cinema podcast. I have been Jason Quinn. Uh, the other two have been Devlin 
and Vivin. And we hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy making it. <clears throat> After all, you are the whole reason we make it in the first place, because if nobody was listening, it'd just be a phone call. <clears throat> True. <laughs> Why did that sound depressing? <laughs> I would still make the phone call. I'm just saying it, that's what it would be. Okay. Um, but, uh, anyway, we, we absolutely, uh, love and adore each and every one of you. And the way we say that here on this podcast is a little different than probably some others. Um, so every week we give you the most sincerest, go fuck yourselves. So yeah, go fuck yourself. Viv moment of truth. All right, folks. Remember. Does Return of the King have, a, have an 11? Yes, it always will have an 11. And remember, no. the wheel abides. Okay. okay. Well, the wheel didn't give an 11, so... <laughs> Jason, I want you to spin that wheel. It'll give you an 11. <laughs> Actually, technically, yes. the space that it pops up is five minutes on the wall, yeah. which equates to the movie that we're watching, but... Yeah, you, yeah, you, use you, it as a you can't you can't cause bad luck by respinning the wheel at all. You can't touch it till after we're done. That's bad luck. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah, yeah. The wheel's been super nice to us. I'm gonna try to piss off the wheel. All right. Well. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Have you got nothing? Good, uh... Oh no, I'm I'm ready for bed. Oh, you're ready for bed? Okay. <laughs> it is it is it is just 19 minutes past 11. So it is time this for your bed. This is very true. Yeah. All right, folks. Enjoy this episode. Follow us on social media. We will see you later. And as always from me and well, I'll speak for Viv. Go fuck yourself. Have a good Take night. Take care, guys. Be safe.